I'm walking down the path in my garden and I have a suggestion for you on how you could help with global warming. With a large lawn, I found a simple way of making a big difference. I sold my ride-on mower and bought a top-of-the-range Cress robotic lawnmower. It runs off rechargeable batteries and uses cutting-edge technology to mow and maintain a lawn this size. The petrol mower has gone, and with it, the emissions. I actually don't know why I didn't sell the ride-on sooner. With the Cress robotic lawnmower, the lawn is actually looking better. The tiny grass cuttings fall into the grass roots, helping to fertilize the grass. And the family doesn't have to put up with the noise and fumes from the ride-on. And I've freed up more of my time to spend with them and in the garden. It's an easy step. And you could also be making that change today. Ask for Cress in your local garden machinery dealer. Or visit cress.com. Hello and welcome to a special edition of the RHS Gardening Podcast focusing on education. Although many people know the RHS through our gardens and of course our internationally renowned flower shows, a major part of our work is to educate people of all ages about gardening and horticulture. This ranges from helping children to learn to grow flowers, fruit and vegetables in schools, short courses to help gardeners hone specific techniques such as pruning, propagation, or perhaps willow weaving or designing a border, to apprenticeships and degree courses for those wanting to pursue a career in a branch of professional horticulture. The RHS wants to educate as many people as possible. In an upcoming podcast, we're going to explore how the RHS is working with children, schools, teachers and communities to help train the next generation of gardeners. But in this podcast, we're going to focus on our adult education programme, We're going to speak to those at the forefront of designing and delivering exciting, practical and modern horticultural courses. And we'll hear the experiences of students and former students whose lives have been transformed by studying or training with the RHS. I'm Guy Barter. I'm a horticulturist who works for the Royal Horticultural Society Communications and Public Relations team. I've had a very chequered past. After 11 years as a hospital technician, I went to Bath University and retrained in horticulture. That was about 32 years ago. So after 32 years, I can safely say that um, my adult education worked very well for me. Today we're here at Wisley and we've got four experts here from our education department based in the lovely Pines Cottage, nestling under the pine trees near the walled garden. Now, let me introduce our panel this afternoon. Hi, I'm Kirsty Wilkes. I'm the Qualifications Business Development Manager here at RHS and uh, I'm responsible for encouraging the next generation of horticulturists into the industry through our accredited qualifications. Good afternoon, I'm Sue Moss and I'm the Horticultural Courses Manager at the RHS. So I oversee all of our professional training programmes, so our apprenticeships, our School of Horticulture programmes, both of those are run at our four gardens, soon to be five gardens, Um, and I also oversee our Master of Horticulture qualification as well, which is our most prestigious qualification at degree level, which is studied by people all over the world. Hi, I'm Amy Adams. I'm the Courses and Workshops Coordinator at RHS Garden Wisley, and I look after the leisure learning side of the courses at Wisley Garden. So, Kirsty, you made a shocking admission just now to me. You said you weren't a horticulturalist. Tell us a bit about your background in education and what you're doing to remedy this sad lack. 
That is correct, Guy. Um, I'm I'm not a horticulturist, but I do have strong background in education. For the past 12 years, I've been working for different awarding bodies in the UK, and I suppose that's that's kind of where my skills lie. And how long have you been here with with the RHS? I joined the RHS about 18 months ago and the reason I joined the RHS was, I guess, the nature of the charity um, and the strong strategic objectives of the, of the charity. I do enjoy gardening. I'm not a horticulturist, but I do enjoy it and I have great memories, fond memories of, of gardening with, with my grandparents um, and also my dad, but he only allowed me to do weeding, really, the boring jobs. And also I wanted to engage the next generation of horticulturists, which I think is extremely important. At the moment, our qualifications are delivered by around about 90 approved centres across the UK and Ireland. So it's just engaging more centres, whether that's a college, a private garden, public training provider, any sort of establishment that's that's got the resources to deliver our qualifications to make them more accessible for people that are looking for that career change and jump into the horticulture industry. And do you get out to visit these centres or have you teams of minions around the country looking into them for you? I do um, get out to have a look at, at the centres and see their fabulous resources, see the fabulous work they do, how they train the learners um, and, and the experience that the learners receive. Um, but we also have a number of professional associates that go out as well um, and to check basically that the centres are doing what they should be and that the learners are having the best experience. Can you think of any particularly inspiring ones that you visited? You could go to somewhere like Hever Castle, which is absolutely a beautiful place to learn our qualifications. And then there's other places up north. We've got like the Edinburgh Botanic Garden that offer our qualifications. We've got Bristol Botanic Garden that do that as well. We've got private training providers like Best in Horticulture, but also colleges um, like Capel Manor College, Merristwood College just up the road as well. So all of them have different resources, different learning environments, but, you know, ultimately provide that learners with everything that they need to make that jump into a new career or just for the leisure learner as well. I had no idea it was so varied. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. We even, although obviously not open to the public, but we even have prisons offer our qualifications as well. Do you get um, to visit them? I have once, yes. All right. <laughs> um, what was it like? It was really actually very inspiring to see how passionate people were, the inmates were, about horticulture mm. and how they were engaged in horticulture and how they were planning what they wanted to do when when they were due to be released. Mm. So, Sue, tell me, how, how did you get into horticulture? Like a lot of people who are coming into horticulture now, I was a career changer guy. So I was originally an archaeologist. So I studied at university to master's level and I worked as an archaeologist for a while. Um, I got to be brilliant at digging holes. I was really <laughs> good at that. So I thought that was an unfortunate transferable skill to waste, but I could perhaps do something a bit more creative with that. So I decided that horticulture was the thing for me and came into horticulture um, in 2007 um, and in 2008 was lucky enough to get a place on the prestigious Wisley Diploma in Practical Horticulture. So I moved here from the north of England um, and loved it so much that I never left and I'm still here. And I have to say that despite 
two degrees and currently studying for a PhD at the same time as my job. I have never worked harder in my life. It's really hard work studying here at the RHS, but it's so rewarding. It's what makes you into a wonderful horticulturist at the end of it. It really is an investment of two years of your time. Um, but it's such a brilliant experience. The people you meet, the experiences you have, it makes your career for life. And your PhD, I know you've been doing it for a number of years. Can you remind me what it, what it involves? My PhD involves looking at the history of plant collections in the 18th century. So uh, it's trying to bridge that gap between uh, what we usually see as landscape history, in which in the 18th century, the lawn went up to the house. Um, it was all about landscape gardening and trees and clumps and lawns and serpentine lakes and no plants and the history of plant collection where if you if you read about the history of plants coming into the country uh, you'll learn that it was the busiest time for import of plants in the 18th century in the history of the country so so where did all those plants go and what were we doing with them and actually it turns out that it's far more interesting than we thought i'm looking forward to reading your thesis and what does your current job involve well i manage all of our professional training courses within the rhs so that is mainly the courses that we run within our own gardens. So uh, since the beginning of the 20th century, we've been running courses here at Wisley in practical horticulture with practical gardening linked to theoretical learning. And that's what we still do now. We also run them now at all of our four gardens. So that's the School of Horticulture programmes at levels three and four. So that's sort of roughly analogous to A-level and the first year of a degree. Before that, if you if you don't already have a level two qualification, uh, we run an apprenticeship program, which is at level two. And that just came in uh, in 2013. So uh, wonderful opportunities there. Uh, and I manage all of the content of those courses and make sure that um, all of the, the quality there is, is consistent and standard across all of our four gardens and that our students are having a wonderful time at the same time and that they're all doing OK. And I also manage the Master of Horticulture qualification as well. Tell us a bit about the Master of Horticulture, because it's a, a unique qualification, I believe. It is absolutely unique. Um, it's a very interesting qualification. It was first instigated in 1913 as the National Diploma in Horticulture. And in 1988, it was recognised as part of the Education Reform Act as a degree level of qualification. So we're one of only seven organisations in the country who's allowed to offer a degree level of qualification who is not a university. Um, and people study from all around the world. We have people in, in Hong Kong, in Singapore, in Canada, in the States, in the Seychelles, uh, where I really need to go visit that candidate, actually. Um, yeah, it's a wonderful qualification. It's, it's quite intense, but it really gives those skills to help people grow in their career and in their learning. So my name is Matthew Pottage. I'm the curator here at RHS Garden Wisley. So my route into horticulture, well, it's been been quite a quick one and it's been about a 10 year 12 year period since I left school. I left school at 16 and went to do a national diploma in horticulture at Bishop Burton College up near York where I'm from in Yorkshire and then from there I actually took my first step to the RHS. It was a two-year course at Wisley known as the Wisley Diploma in Practical Horticulture then. It was quite a practical program. It was moving around the different garden departments at Wisley and quite practical hands-on work. Alongside that I did the RHS Advanced and Level 3 qualifications while doing that practical course. And then moving on from that I actually took on a full-time employment role with the RHS as a gardener in the garden here at Wisley. 
One of the best things I did at that time was some extracurricular work alongside my job, and that was taking on the RHS Master of Hort. That took me three years to do that qualification, and I did that alongside my gardening job. It was a really good pairing, actually, because the day job was quite straightforward. I was hands-on gardening, but it was very much you finish at the end of the day and then you go home. There's no real take-home stress. It's quite, you know, you can zone out in the evening. That was good to then go home and do that extracurricular study. From that point, I then was promoted to a team leader role at Wisley and then progressed to garden manager and then to deputy curator and into my role today. So we've gone from the qualifications through uh, the professional uh, training and education. And now we're going to ask Amy about the leisure learning. Amy, what is this leisure learning? The Leisure Learning Guy is a series of courses and workshops. They can be half a day to two days and they're aimed at such a wide range of people who are looking to learn something, whether it's something new, whether they want to pick up or develop an existing skill, whether they just want to brush up on their gardening or for some people it's dipping a toe into horticulture to find out if it might be something for them. And how long have you been looking after this this Leisure Learning, Amy? I've been with the RHS for two and a half years, so it's running an annual cycle. So um, I feel like I'm in a position now where, you know, I've got to know the attendees quite well. I'm I'm there most days to sign them in and to sort of talk to people and find out what it is they're here to do and, and what might bring them back another day. We're always asking them for clues so that we can keep our programme up to date and relevant to them. So are you a trained horticulturist, a trained educationalist or both? I'm neither, actually. Um, I studied psychology at university and I found horticulture quite by accident, as I believe a fair few people end up doing. Um, It was never something that was mentioned or discussed, you know, during careers choices at school. And I was actually pursuing a career in marketing and found a job a marketing job in a garden center and um, due to a company acquisition I had to make a decision at that point because I loved my job I had to decide what to follow whether to follow marketing elsewhere or whether to stay with that company and stick with horticulture because a lot of people I find are in horticulture but for their love of plants and I do love being in the garden and being with plants but I'm in it for the people that love the plants there's just an affinity that I feel I have with the type of people that horticulture attracts. I mean how many courses do you run a year? At Wisley we have over 100 a year I think this year we have 108 courses for the public as well as about 30 days of training that we deliver to some other clients um, perhaps garden centres or groups where they uh, want to improve the horticultural skills of their staff. And do you have to think up new things each year to tickle their appetites? Absolutely yeah we have some people that love coming on our courses and you know we really want to keep them interested and keep them hooked so we have to make sure we don't fall into the trap of repeating the successful courses because they've been successful because we would miss out on those people coming back for something else to do. And your your trainers on these courses are they members of the Royal Horticultural Society Wisley staff? Absolutely, yes. We have lots of experts from Wisley that are more than happy to share their expertise and we work with a wide team from all areas of the garden and we also have some fantastic tutors that come in to teach some of our other topics. So we have photography courses, we have some um, fantastic photographers, Clive Nichols, Andy Small, 
and Adrian Davies and they come in and teach the courses for us. We also have a programme of garden design courses that we run in conjunction with the London College of Garden Design. So we're really proud to be able to run with them. If I'm giving one of these courses, will I see you peering through the hedge at me, making sure it's all up to scratch? (laughs) I try to uh, make my presence known when I do show up. I make my best effort to be there to sign in every attendee for the days that that I can be here. I try to take one or two weekends off a year. (laughs) But um, (laughs) uh, no, I I try to be here as much as possible. Do you run any courses that people might be surprised that um, are run at Wisley? Uh, yeah, I mean, we had quite a few raised eyebrows when we ran the botanical cocktails course last year, <laughs> which we're repeating this year. Um, we've got botany and beer, so we're trying to always broaden our reach. So here's a question for, for all three of you. Who are these people um, who actually are motivated to have the leisure, the time, the money to actually learn? So let's start with, with Kirsty. Who are you aiming your qualifications at? Who takes them up? Around 44% of our learners that achieve RHS qualification are doing so as they are looking to embark on a new career in horticulture. Um, So they're the career changers. And around 36% are boosting their skills and knowledge for their own sort of personal use that they can then apply in their back garden. Uh, We have a small number of our learners that are doing qualifications for career progression purposes so they're already employed in the industry and this is around about 15% um, but they're purely just getting recognition for their skills and enhancing their skills so that they can then look into coming supervisory or managerial roles. Our qualifications are available to anybody who has an interest in horticulture in any age. The vast majority of our learners that achieve an RHS qualification are over the age of 28 Um, interestingly a few years ago the bulk of our learners were a lot older so certainly there's been a shift there um, sort of a a demographic shift in in recent years but I think the main reason for this is the work that the RHS has done to increase presence and awareness about horticulture and I think also people are getting itchy feet uh, a lot earlier in their chosen career when they're younger and then looking for, for an alternative But I often hear students say when I go out and about to our centres that they'd wish they'd known about horticulture when they were younger and chose it as their industry and their career path, which is always very interesting. I'm Adam Alexander. I currently uh, looking after the wild garden at Wisley and I just completed a two year apprenticeship course here at Wisley. What I liked about the apprenticeship scheme here is that it got you stuck in straight away with uh, helping in the garden and learning more practically instead of being stuck in a classroom, which if I tried to take horticulture in a different way, you normally would have to go to college and do a course where you're stuck indoors all the time. I recommend horticulture to all young people. You can go off to uni and do a degree and get into lots of debt, which I did. And you might come out of that degree and you might not be able to get a career in that job. As if you come and do an apprenticeship scheme here at Wisley or a diploma scheme, you're being paid to learn. It always seems to me that horticulture is one of those things where there's very few barriers to people to enter it. Do you find you get a a wide diversity of different people um, taking up horticulture? We really do. We really do. And people come into it for so many different reasons. Lots of people uh, just love being outside. Uh, Some people love plants. Uh, Some people are not really sure what they want to do, but they've been to gardens with their parents or grandparents and they've just been captivated by it. 
Hi, uh, my name is Lawrence. I'm currently a second year student at uh, RHS Wisley. I spend uh, two years uh, working in the garden here and work around the whole of the, the garden and working with all the teams. I spent the majority of my childhood uh, with my granddad um, and he had an allotment and so when he, he went down his allotment looking look after his vegetables I went with him and as soon as he could get me out of my pushchair and helping him he did. So right from a very young age I had my hands in the ground. The great thing about studying at one of the RHS gardens and in Wisley in particular is it opens up a massive range of different career choices for you. In the previous couple of years uh, students have gone off into roles in varied gardens, some historic, some managed by the likes of National Trust or English Heritage. Some people have gone off into private gardens and estates as horticulturalists or head gardeners. There's also the option to go into nursery work. And do you find that, uh, we've already mentioned prisoners taking up your qualifications, but do you find there's quite a lot of people from disadvantaged or inner city backgrounds who are interested in, in your qualifications? Yes, we do have have a mixture. There's no barrier, there's no formal entry requirements into to, to achieving an RHS qualification. As long as you have a passion and an interest in horticulture, then anybody can actually achieve achieve a qualification. I'm always um, amazed, this is really for Sue I suppose, I'm always amazed at the number of ex-trainees students from Wisley who I keep bumping into all around the country in gardens, trade shows, that sort of thing. I wonder, if, Sue, if you can think of any instances where people have made um, surprising change-arounds through taking uh, training at um, RHS gardens? There are so many, Guy. I uh, I, I tried to to think earlier of all the places that our... Um, our ex-trainees and students had gone on to. And it's just vast. I mean, there we, there are people everywhere, all around the horticultural industry. It opens so many doors. We have people who are who are head gardeners, obviously, who have gone into to gardening and management, people working for, for charities on estates, to, to further study, for to international commercial roles, into education and advisory and designing, publishing and media. We have a couple of ex-students, for example, who have met on the course uh, at Wisley and they have set up their own nursery and currently run a very successful business together. Our show manager uh, for Hampton Court Flower Show uh, is an ex-student of the RHS here at Wisley. I understand that um, some of the experts at Wisley were themselves students, so they're giving masterclasses in the same way they received them. That's absolutely true. The students are a part of the garden and they are they're about a third of the workforce at any one of our gardens in fact the horticulturists as you say lots of the times have come through from being a student themselves they understand how people like to work they understand different learning styles they understand that the best methods of getting those messages across to the students and understand what they have to do for their coursework as well so they're constantly giving them information that's useful uh, and there really is no better way to learn My name's Tom King and I'm currently working on the Alpine department at Wisley. I'm there full-time and so I'm one of four horticulturalists and basically we look after the rock garden and the collections behind the scenes as well as things like the display house, the bonsai walk and the landscape house. So before working at Wisley full-time I was a student doing the Wisley diploma in practical horticulture for two years. The diploma consists of working full-time as a trainee in the gardens um, and so you rotate around 10 different departments in the garden and you spend a total of 10 weeks on each department. 
For me, I realised I wanted to study horticulture when I was doing my A-levels. I knew I didn't want to go to university, but I wasn't sure of the alternatives originally. And then I saw an advert in my local paper for my local college, um, which was Cable Manor. So I enrolled there. And then from there, I did the Cambridge Botanic Garden Traineeship. And then I moved on to Wisley after that. But it's been really helpful actually to work as a trainee and do the practical experience. As soon as I'd been at college for about, I'd say, three months, I realised that was the industry for me. Yeah, I was a bit unsure at first and it was a slight leap in the dark because the education system generally doesn't tell you about horticulture, really, which is half the reason I think many young people don't get into horticulture because they just simply aren't aware of it. And I think sometimes there's a misconception that because it's a practical industry that you have to fail at school to be in it or not be good academically. But actually, it's not the case because a lot of people who job change into horticulture later on in life have done university degrees or they've been bankers or scientists or something. It really is an industry for everyone. Kirsty, have you found any preconceptions that people have that have put them off applying for qualifications? Yeah, I guess I guess some people are overwhelmed sometimes by achieving a qualification. They they probably don't have the confidence thinking that they can actually achieve it and they can actually do it and, and walk out and make that career change. So how do you get them over that initial barrier? Try and give different success stories, different case studies, show people the difference that achieving a qualification can make. Hello, I'm Jamie Butterworth. I'm 21 years old from Wakefield originally. I am the Joint Show Plant Manager at Hortus Loci and I am RHS Ambassador. So my remit is to go out into secondary schools, careers, events and really try and change this perception that horticulture is only for people who have either A, failed academically or B, have retired. And it really annoys me. Horticulture is the exact opposite. It is one of the most fun exciting, rewarding industries you could possibly think of. Now, I don't know of another industry where you could be a groundsman at Wembley and cut the grass for the England team and spend every day on there where the England team spends, what, five days a year there, to growing and finding new plants out in rainforests that could potentially cure cancer and HIV and all that, saving lives, essentially, right through to working for NASA and trying to find ways to grow plants on Mars. The film The Martian is real life. You can actually do that as a career, and that's not even me lying. How cool is that? And yet we struggle to recruit people. How? I just love the excitement and that, that, that thrill of getting something as small as a, a seed, as small as a pinprick. So a pine seed is tiny. And sowing it and watching it germinate and watching it grow slowly and that excitement of seeing it first germinate is that is captivating that is what first inspired me into horticulture and that's what still gets me up out of bed every morning is the fact that it's real life magic and in a packet of seeds typically you get nearly 2,000 seeds packet of seeds what a pound if all of those seeds if you grow them also if you said if you said right you'll get more than that but a 50% germination so a thousand plants if you sold each one of those plants for a fiver how profitable is that? They say money doesn't grow on trees. It literally does in this industry. So, I, I, again, I don't understand why we've not got more young people flooding into horticulture. We should have a problem with saturation, rather, and it's the other way around. It's bonkers. 
at a different level you're reaching out to a vast audience of leisure gardeners to develop so that's right and i think in terms of preconceptions to horticulture and to training i think that a lot of adults sometimes get a bit caught up in the daily grind. When I've spoken to people, they sometimes say that they're really pleased to have come on a course because it's been so long since they were in any kind of education at all. And, you know, sometimes it's breaking it down into small steps and just coming along for a day um, and putting yourself back in that setting with sort of, you know, no commitments that might sort of um, impinge on your life in any way when you're speaking to these people do they come up with any sort of preconceived ideas that you have to work to to overcome some people that come on our courses say that they were surprised how unscary they were um, that they feel that there, there may be a bit of a preconception that the RHS is a very formal organisation that's there to sort of tell you this is right and this is wrong. And that's not the case at all. You know, our, our courses are always fun. Um, in fact, you know, across the RHS, we make all, all education fun because it's such an enjoyable thing to be able to do. This is a really revolutionary idea. Is this true, Sue? And, and Kirsty, do you make your stuff fun as well? No, Guy, we do try to. Um, I think it's kind of hard to make horticulture not fun. You are outside every day, hopefully in beautiful weather, but working with plants and working with nature and working, I mean, Amy alluded to it earlier that she loves working with horticulturists, but horticulturists are wonderful people as a rule. Um, And I think that's something that we all notice when we come to work, that um, we we love the people we work with, we love where we work. um, And... Even if you're doing a job occasionally which you don't find fun, sometimes it it just seems fun because of where you are. But generally, it's an awful lot of fun. It's so varied. It's so interesting. um, And you can really see the difference that you're making. I think I think a huge advantage of of horticulture is that you're learning with like-minded people, people that share the same passion as yourself. And you can share those experiences and expertise. One of the things that I love to see is sometimes um, you might see a pair of people attend a course as a as a way of spending some quality time together. So, for example, we had a course last week making alpine troughs and there uh, was a brother and a sister. They'd booked the day together and they'd come along and they had something fantastic to take away. Um, but, you know, that's a memory that they made together whilst learning and engaging with plants. Well, this has been the most interesting um, afternoon, I must say. Uh, we've talked about uh, the breadth and depth of qualifications, the wide range of people who take up RHS qualifications, how accessible they are, the many benefits, both professional and uh, improving enjoyment of gardening as a leisure activity, benefits to well-being, enormous range of activities done by this part of our education team that are probably quite new to many people who don't know the, the Royal Horticultural Society that well. So where can people find out more? Kirsty. Yeah, we've we've have all of our information on the RHS website, rhs.org.uk. You'll find the learn tab and underneath the learn tab you'll find out about RHS qualifications. You'll find out where people can actually 
go to one of our centres and there's an interactive map so they'll be able to allocate their nearest centre to them. What I would suggest is anybody looking to do an RHS qualification, courses usually start in September and a few do start at the beginning of the calendar year. So centres are now looking to enrol the next cohort of learners. And Sue, obviously for School of Hort, that's under the Learn tab as well where they can find fact sheets and information about the School of Hort. And Amy, I guess that's... Yes, yeah, we're under the Learn tab as well, courses and workshops, and you can see the PDFs of the brochures of courses at all four gardens, and you can also request paper copies if you would prefer to peruse it with a cup of coffee in your kitchen. And a cake. And a cake, of course. That's all we've got time for. Thanks to the panel, Sue Moss, Kirsty Wilkes and Amy Adams. I hope you've been inspired to find out more and more about exciting learning opportunities on offer. Whatever your age, you're never too old to learn. Remember, you can also follow us on Twitter at the underscore RHS and you can like us on Facebook. Until next time, from me, Guy Barter and all here at Wisley, goodbye. I'm walking down the path in my garden and I have a suggestion for you on how you could help with global warming. With a large lawn, I found a simple way of making a big difference. I sold my ride-on mower and bought a top-of-the-range Cress robotic lawnmower. It runs off rechargeable batteries and uses cutting-edge technology to mow and maintain a lawn this size. The petrol mower has gone and with it, the emissions. I actually don't know why I didn't sell the ride-on sooner. With the Cress robotic lawnmower, the lawn is actually looking better. The tiny grass cuttings fall into the grass roots, helping to fertilize the grass. And the family doesn't have to put up with the noise and fumes from the ride-on. And I've freed up more of my time to spend with them and in the garden. It's an easy step. And you could also be making that change today. Ask for Cress in your local garden machinery dealer. Or visit cress.com. Discover the beauty of an RHS membership all year round. Save 25% off an RHS membership today when paying by direct debit. Prices start at just £55.50. With a membership, you'll gain access to an array of special events at our gardens all year round. Be the first to know about RHS flower shows and get exclusive member-only days plus reduced rate tickets. And you'll have the chance to enhance your gardening know-how with access to free expert garden advice, monthly editions of The Garden magazine, and so much more. Terms and conditions apply.